0: Who is my neighbor? I actually think this is probably one of the the core question of compassion. Compassion means to feel with somebody. So when someone is your neighbor, when you're related to them, when your well-being is tied up with theirs, then it's easier. Then that is the beginning point of compassion. When someone is your neighbor, you know their story. When someone is your neighbor, you share resources back and forth. When someone is your neighbor, there is a sense of equality, not just not pity, not what can I do for you or what can you do for me, but how are we together in our life? About three and a half years ago, uh, I made a connection with an old friend and acquaintance her name was kelly bean and she worked in africa in east africa and particularly had they worked in burundi and that was a country that the church i was at at the time was interested in working in so i said you know what have you got going on there and is there is this a fit for us and i began to learn the story of this organization called african road whose whole work and premise is based on this idea of neighborliness or friendship and partnership, this whole different way of development in which we're walking together, not rushing in to fix a problem, but continuing to listen to each other and consider what each other's needs are. And one of the core... uh, Core projects that she does in addition to the things that are happening on the ground in Rwanda and Burundi and Tanzania and Kenya is to take these learning trips To take people from here to to learn and to listen because it's when we're learning and listening when we're we're face to face and and Hand to hand that we begin to be able to see each other and it's not just those poor people Over there, it's actually this this person who is becoming my friend and who I'm developing deep respect for. And so I was so um, excited for um, Ginger and Bill and Chris and this is my daughter, Audra, to come with me uh, this summer to Rwanda and Burundi. And there's a way to turn the light down. It's number two. Could you just turn that down for me? Great. Thank you. That's a little better. And we went and we uh, played and we sang and we danced and we listened a lot. There's me dancing with my friend Panina. Panina is a young woman who is uh, the president of a cooperative of orphans and widows in Rwanda. She just graduated from university and is leading this group of people in their um, self development. Some of you may have read uh, the newsletter article I wrote this week about the importance of dancing when you're in Africa and how uh, initially I was so reticent to, to dance and not sure, I, you know, I wanted, wasn't sure I wanted to let myself go in front of all these people I didn't know. <laughs> but again, a reminder of when you're dancing together, there's a shared vulnerability. You dance with your neighbors, or at least you're in intimate spaces together in terms of living nearby. And what I found is that when I dance, um, I, I, I just do what they're doing. I've learned not to try to make up my own moves in the moment, um, but to watch carefully what they do. And, uh, and then there's this powerful thing that happens that you're mirroring someone else, saying I see you, and even in the way I move my body, I'm saying that I see you. We, uh, Audrell will speak about later about us learning to make pots, but this was another way of them sharing their livelihood with us. And this is my friend Pastor Stephen, and it was through Pastor Stephen that the whole African Road adventure began. Kelly met Pastor Stephen, and he was uh, this this young pastor taking in like 30 orphans to live with him in his small hut and taking care of them. And from that that small hut, and through because of the friendship that's begun by listening and becoming neighbors, now there's an entire cooperative of orphans that are working together that have a farm. And I hope I'm not stealing your thunder, Bill. Um, that are working together. But this is my friend, Pastor Stephen, and I'm so privileged to say that he's my friend and my neighbor. So this morning, uh, you're gonna be hearing reflections from all of us about our trips. You've already heard some of mine on Sunday mornings. but I'd like to welcome Chris to begin and um, just say what a privilege it was to travel with all four of these friends and to share this experience together.
1: We are closer friends, so much so that we all dress alike, is that, <laughs> for the last time. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oops. The, the first and only.
1: I think when I hit the click the chris appears on the slide uh, which is to signal us it's a um, new it's time for a new speaker to come forward but I look at this slide which I love and in some ways it is so not me uh, filled with color filled with dance which um, my wife, I think Carol in particular knows, I don't do, and and filled with life in a sense. Um, I also wanted to explain that not all the photos are from me either. Um, This group on the trip did a very interesting thing which was to upload the photos we like best. And so in sharing with you uh, and telling you a very brief tale of Africa, we're sharing photos that we've shared with one another. And the photos tell a story better than almost anything else can. Um, In total there were, I think there are 1,475 photos in this collection and we've narrowed that down. We have probably about as many stories as the the 1,475 photos. I think we've all been encouraged to distill these down into some themes or stories for ourselves, And for me, they are basically three three ways I would group the experience. And one is the dancing of women. The second uh, are the stories of the old men, which are very powerful. And the third are the children of East Africa. And this is the one I'm gonna tell or give you a, a snippet of today. We visited children, we saw children all over the place in the three countries we visited, Rwanda, Burundi, and Tanzania, as we would say, or Tanzania. Um, We saw them at at preschools, we saw them on the side of the road, we played with them, we interacted almost every day with children. This is the Togetherness Nursery School, as you can see, which is outside the capital of of Rwanda, uh, Kigali, uh, that we went to several times. That's one of a few buildings, whoops, let me, this is in effect the playground and part of the reason I'm sharing this with you is it gives you a sense of the setting of the place. There's this enormous soccer field da- down below which you can see that they w- they'd like to develop and then the hillsides beyond it. And the, the hillsides were a surprise to me for Rwanda is a country of hillsides and lakes. Um, it also signals that this is a country that largely lives off of subsistence farming. But the real story that I have to tell, and the one that struck me, are the children of Rwanda here. Carol, my wife Carol, who runs a preschool, set up a preschool, does not like this, this photo because it looks like a prison. I do like it because somehow the kids overpower that sense of, of being trapped behind the bars, their, their faces. My story is going to be told with slides in particular because it just, they work on their own so well. Um, As you look at the next few slides where I'm not going to comment, look for pure joy in the children. Look for innocence. Look for curiosity. Look for the playful spirit. And look for the drive to connect with us that we saw throughout the trip and I think they'll play on their own for a moment. This one I think we have a video for. I think I never saw a smile so big as with this activity, it was tremendous. Remember that these are the children of genocide. These are the children of poverty. These are the children of abuse. Yet on every day we we were with them, they lifted our spirits. Even without seeing their smiles, we can see the basic goodness and inherent connection. As we heard the introit this moment, and the story of Jesus clasping hands, as we heard the call this morning and the hand reaching out to each other, and as we think about this season of hearing the story of compassion, we we saw it as we see these two, two children of Burundi. Finally, this is my last slide. This is at the t- togetherness complex. Um, this little girl is probably not a student of the nursery school. Um, the way we could tell. Well, one of the ways we could tell there, interestingly, that she's a girl, because many of the girls are, have shaved heads, is you look at the feet and, and or the shoes they're wearing, but she's also not wearing a uniform, so she's probably, her parents probably don't have the money to pay the very small fee to participate in the school, plus the school is, is full. Um, so one of the things I personally hope and would love is that we're able to open up more seats at the Togetherness Nursery School and the other nursery schools we visited um, throughout our trip. For, for me, this little girl and the, the children of the Togetherness Nursery really represent the hope of the nation. It happens that I met this girl on our first full day on the trip because she came over and sat down beside me and she grabbed my hand. Even though I don't know her name, she is my strongest and I hope enduring connection to East Africa. Now we call forward Audra.
2: I'm the only one in a different dress, so (laughs) the odd one out. Um, So I'm gonna touch a little bit about our time in Burundi. Um, Burundi is one of the hungriest nations in the world. And if you remember Everest, he is from Burundi and he came here a few months ago. And this is about our trip to his village. So, he grew up in this village, and when we got to the village, we were greeted by amazing dancing, and we eventually joined in. And um, after a little bit of dancing, we were all given these cloths to put around, and the guys were giving given togas, kind of. And um, yeah. And um, so something that we did in the village is these people make pots to sell at market. So we learned how to make pots and we could not make them as well as the other people, as we had a lot of help from the locals because we were awful. But um, throughout the whole entire time that we were making the pots, these women in the background kept dancing us, dancing and cheering us on and singing and motivated us and, um, They also, there's more people, then afterwards they showed us how they fire the pots. So they make this little kiln and they cover it in grass and then they burn it all and then the heat sets the pots and afterwards they pat them down with water and they have pots. And the whole time still in the background you can see the women are cheering them on and dancing and singing. And then after that we these men built a ceremonial hut for us, and here's Ginger taking a nap in one of the huts. Um, It's actually pretty big, surprisingly. Um, And then, again, more dancing and singing. And um, when we arrived in Burundi, we were supposed to go to these three villages that African Road had been working up with, um, two hours outside of the capital, Bujambora. And unfortunately, due to um, government circumstances, we couldn't get up into those villages. So these people had about a 12-hour notice that we were coming, and they had 12 hours to plan all of this ceremony and all the pot building and all the <sighs> everything we did was on 12-hour notice. And here is um, Everest in the green shirt in the middle, and he's dancing with all of his Local villagers and all the people that helped raise him into the parliament member that he has become, and now advocate for them. And now, those turn. Here.
3: All right, so I have uh, quite a few less slides, um, and so if you'll permit me, I'm gonna talk quite a bit more. Um, But what I would like to start off with uh, is a quick definition of a word um, that we were immediately um, sort of uh, grew accustomed to, uh, which is the word mzungu, which um, roughly translates to foreigner or outsider. It was a word that uh, from our very first bus trip uh, outside of Kigali into the more rural parts, where the togetherness cooperative is, Um, we would hear from children the entire time. It was almost a chant that that followed us everywhere we went, Rwanda and Burundi uh, alike. Um, And for me personally, um, feeling like an outsider or a foreigner uh, has like a little bit of a twinge to it. Um, I like to sort of be able to to settle in somewhere and feel like I can be a part of a community uh, rather than so far removed that you may not know it. It does. Even here, um, for us, I I feel like it has a little bit of, more of a negative connotation. Um, But one of the things that we found rather quickly was that that was not the expression that they were really giving to us. Um, Mzungu, for them, is uh, sort of an exciting kind of thing. When one child would say, Mzungu, all of the children that could hear it would come out to the street and really come out to embrace us. The previous image obviously was uh, just, uh, it was actually my hand reaching outside the bus as they kind of all congregated around us. Um, And uh, that, you know, we felt that same spirit everywhere we went. This is the the tailoring shop where all of our lovely uh, garments were tailored. Um, They take it from the cloth that you saw my dad and I wearing uh, in the village in Burundi uh, and tailor it down rather quickly, which is pretty amazing. In all of these circumstances, though we were these Muzungus, we were invited into their spaces and drawn to their, as you can see, very vibrant uh, culture. Um, In other places, this was back in Rwanda, uh, we were also brought into different parts of their lives. So this is the uh, Women's Bakery, which is uh, attached to the Togetherness Cooperative, Uh, and Adra, who's off to culinary school in two weeks-ish, was definitely the best one at sort of <laughs> mimicking uh, the, the wonderful bread that was being made there that they brought us in and really wanted us to see how they live in this world. Um, and uh, then the last thing that I'll touch on here was just a, a way that I personally feel most strongly connected to people, which is through activity and through sports. Um, so you can see that I have just sort of inserted myself into their soccer game, and they loved it. They grabbed me uh, every time that we went back to Togetherness Cooperative and and tried to bring me over. Um, All of this really to say that um, one of the most powerful things that I felt while I was there was really that uh, it wasn't so much that they were expecting something from us, but it was much more that they wanted us to be present and to view them and, and to see them for who they are for the culture that they have, for the life that they live. Um, And it was really powerful, and it's something that I've brought home with me, that your time is precious, um, and those who you spend it with is just as precious. Um, So I was very blessed to be able to come back with so many stories and, and a newfound appreciation.
4: It was great traveling with this group, I've gotta tell you, it was, it was wonderful. And a lot has already been said. I had trouble uh, coming to terms of what to say today. I, I really struggled because it's hard to condense an experience like this, it, it uh, kind of defies that. Um, just being able to step into this uh, beautiful, difficult, painful, and yet hopeful world it's just a, a very powerful experience and uh, I will never be the same uh, for having been through it. Um, I learned a lot and I left with um, no doubt that I still have a lot to learn. Um, the people that we met, the, the change makers, the teachers, the, the victims and the perpetrators through the genocide and the children, as you've heard, They see life so differently uh, than we do. And they seem to have some kind of natural way to, to hardwire these unspeakable hardships and traumas that they've been through with joy and blessings. It's, 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 It's hard to describe. I also found I need to relearn uh, a whole lot as well. Like, um, certainly traffic, and (laughs) we're sort of used to being alarmed when things are coming right at you on the road, but they don't seem to be bothered by that. (laughs) You know, you've got cars and people and motorcycles and cows, (laughs) and they all just kind of work it out. (laughs) So you just let go. You kind of have to put it on faith. I also found I have to relearn some really fundamental things like uh, things I'd taken for granted. My relationship with time, uh, as Bill said. It's different there. Um, how you experience compassion and how you experience or what's possible by way of reconciliation between people. I have to really relearn that, I, I, I do. Um, so this, this picture you're seeing is Jenny uh, making some remarks to a gathering of people. Uh, these are the last people you would ever expect to be under the same tent, uh, let alone speaking to each other, uh, sharing a meal together, and actually building homes for each other. These are the genocide perpetrators and the victims. We had victims saying, this fellow, he, he killed my husband and they're there together working it out. Um, This is Jenny making remarks as I say um, and she actually elicited some smiles uh, from these folks when she said, you know what, we should be sitting at your feet and learning from you. It was very powerful. Um, And their connection to each other is, is literal and visceral. This is how they stand in line, whether they're children, whether they're the soccer kids, they all stand very, very close. They touch each other. Um, they greet each other with real embrace. And as Jenny said in her note, you know, they look in deeply into each other's eyes. So um, anyway, um, you, you come away knowing that this, this, this is a shared experience of the children of God and it's apparent whether uh, their head's thrown back, they're singing, or the spirit-filled dancing, or or in just a quiet touch, we are all connected. Then one of the most beautiful smiles I saw is this woman, Consoler. She's the founder of the New Hope for Girls, and she is a woman who endured routine beatings and savagery. I can't describe uh, what it has done to her physically. And she is so uplifting and she has one goal and she's very clear on it she just exudes love and wants to provide a safe and loving home for every girl that she can Um, and now these girls that she's taken in have a chance at a real life Um, and and what a great greeting we got from these young girls this is the sign I don't know if you can read it (laughs) that greeted us (laughs) We were mostly welcome <laughs> It was about five thirty in the morning, so we were mostly there so <laughs> it's maybe a little appropriate um so anyway th- there's way too much to cover so i'll 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 sign off for now but just do know that that African road I have no doubt is is doing god's work um and it was a an honor to be witness to to some of that it, so meaningfully and, uh, and in the most life-changing way that, that you can, can imagine. Um, the love um, and the gratitude of the people is, is palpable and it's, it's gonna stay with me always. So um, I meant to say when I got here, Amahoro, which is my greeting, which is peace, and Murakozi, thank you. Uh, oh, and we did have a few other locals that paid us a visit, and I just wanted to share that one. <laughs> and we'll tell you about the crocodile later. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to us. As um, I'm sure many of you have had similar experiences. It's so hard to know how to put this kind of experience to words that adequately explain uh, the impact But uh, we're excited, I'm excited that African Road is now a Valley Presbyterian Church partner as of this year and that we hope in the future to take this partnership deeper. Um, We hope to return in in the next couple of years with some of you and to um, experience this with you. Um, In the meantime, you're all welcome on Tuesday evening. We're going to have African tea and cookies and we're going to be going deeper into our our experience so uh, please consider coming on Tuesday evening and also just take a moment to ask any of these folks uh, more about it because we could all just go on and on and on about this. Many of you contributed to uh, to a fund that we brought with us called, uh, we called it the Goodness Fund. So with all the 14 people on our team, there was $9,000 that was collected Uh, that we brought with us and 2,500 of that came from this community. I just wanted to report out to you um, that we shared that, we split it with um, each of the primary three partners that we met. So uh, 2,500 went to that togetherness cooperative, $2,000 went to uh, the group that's working to bring um, genocide survivors and perpetrators together uh, with that, for instance, they're buying four Frisian milk cows uh, to help provide milk for community and then to be bred so that they can continue to share that. And then in Burundi, um, with the Batwa community, they used all of their $4,500 to build a new preschool. And that, in less than a month, has already been built. And children are already in that preschool um, learning and taking their education deeper. So thank you all for all of your um, contributions. And thank you for listening to us this morning so patiently. And um, again, we'd love to share more with you in the coming days. So now um, I invite you, um, as we just give thanks for the opportunity um, to have done this and to share the stories together, um, let's turn to hymn number 240 and sing Alleluia, Alleluia, give thanks.